All right, season one, episode 78, Pete's podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 26. And before I go to Acts chapter 3, I want to go back to Acts chapter 2 for just a second, because when I listen to my uh, podcast on Acts chapter 2, I, uh, I realized that I had left out a couple of uh, verses that I thought were really, really important, and I uh, wanted to cover them quickly here. Uh, Acts chapter 2, um, let's see here, um, yeah, verse uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 21, and it came to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's that's the end of the quote of Peter for, for Joel, and I think it's such an appropriate uh, point to make in his first sermon ever, uh, and to include the gospel of the grace of God, which is, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And to me, that's the heart of the gospel. I, uh, I didn't know I was seeking uh, 48 years ago. In fact, I thought I hated God because of the loss of my brother in Vietnam. And I wasn't. I was. You can't hate somebody you don't. You don't believe in. I believed in God. I just didn't. I had to repent about reconsider who God was, and what helped me to repent or reconsider who God was was uh, verses like Ephesians two eight nine. For by grace he saved through faith, not not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It wasn't going to be about bragging your way into heaven or anything like that. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is not good works. It was, it's either our eternal separation from God or Jesus' death on the cross. And it's uh, your choice. And and I, I can live with your choice. I'm going to live with my choice and you're going to have to live with your choice. And I chose to, to trust, change my opinion of God, to reconsider who God was. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave His only begotten Son. It was a gift. And all He asks for is for us to uh, believe, trust in or on Him. And I could do that. I could uh, believe the Father who sent the Son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. I just, I just could. I was ready to. I did that night, and uh, hopefully I will persuade others to do the same. And that's really the only purpose I think we have here. Uh, and that's probably ageless. That probably goes back to the garden. Uh, well, it was only Adam and Eve in the garden, but, but after they got kicked out of the garden, uh, Cain killed Abel, and it, it says in Hebrews that by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. So it's always been about faith. Uh, um, Abraham, Genesis 15, 6. He shows up in Genesis chapter 11, but, but in Gen Genesis 15, 6, Abraham says, it, it, Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And uh, each of the, the writers of the Gospels, at least James, Peter, uh, Paul, go back to, to, to Abraham's faith. And... Uh, it's easy to find in James chapter 2. And um, for example, 
And, uh, and I just believe that this is it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As I said yesterday, uh, save me, I think, is a good sinner's prayer. But this is the verse I left out for some reason. I guess I got excited about the gospel in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 21, and I lost my place. But anyway, verse Acts chapter 2, verse 22 says, You men, he, he's, he's not quoting, he's leaving the quote of Joel, and he's going on to his own words to address uh, these people at Pentecost. And 3,000 of them, as we know, are saved. In Acts chapter 3, 5,000 more are saved. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, Verse 22 of chapter 2. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles. All of Israel saw his miracles. The Pharisees saw these miracles and wanted to kill him because they were afraid people would believe in him. They wanted to kill Lazarus because they were afraid Jesus would believe on him. And he, he healed Lazarus in the last week or so of his life. Um, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. you, you these miracles were done in your presence, as ye yourselves also know. And in John chapter 3, Paul's going to do an, an incredible miracle in raising a, a man who'd been lame his entire life. It doesn't really say how old he was, but but he asked for alms outside. He begged outside the temple. And I'm sure Jesus passed him many times and never healed him. But Peter and John heal him at this time. So it's kind of a fun uh, story to tell. But uh, so anyway, I just wanted to include that the, the miracles that were done before these people in Jerusalem, and they had to reconsider who Jesus was. They give us Barabbas, you know. They were uh, they had to reconsider that man that just fifty days before they said give us Barabbas, and now they go they have to realize that they were wrong. And I'm sure there were some pretty important people that that believed here. That might have had a, a big hand in his death. But Jesus said from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. All we see is God's grace towards mankind as far as salvation is concerned. It's up to us. It's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, so the other verse that I kind of got lost on, and I'm having a hard time with my iPad, so you'll just have to be patient with me because it moves around and I'm not used to touching the screen and having it move up and down. I had a clicker and I could click my verses up and uh, it was kind of hard to get lost with a with a PowerPoint. But this is a little different and uh, I'm going to try to try to use this one. Okay, the, the verse I left out or didn't cover was in Acts uh, chapter 2 verse 38. Uh, it says um, in verse 36 of chapter 2, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. There's, a, there's some repentance, some, some reconsideration of who Jesus is. Is he the Messiah or is he just a, a crazy man? A liar, lunatic, or Lord? Good man is not an option for anyone. He's either someone that claims to be Jesus Christ and, and is lying about it. He's either some crazy guy that thinks he is 
the Savior and he's the Messiah and he's not, or he is the Messiah. And they have to do a 180 here. And I had to do a 180. I hated God because I truly did. And um, But then I saw in, in his word that it, he was a, a loving God and, and that he offered salvation to whosoever. And I like to say he had me at whosoever. If you listen to my podcast, you probably know I like to say that. But he had me at whosoever. All right, so I haven't gotten to the verse I want to get to. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked to their heart. They are like believing, whoa, we made a big mistake. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, which would be 11 other guys, men and brethren, what shall we do? How about believe on him who he has sent? What must we do to do the works of God? John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. Believe on him who he has sent. But that's not, Peter says, this is what... They say, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, reconsider, change your mind. Metanoia. Repent. I did it when I was saved. I had repented of my dead works. I really didn't think I had any to merit eternal life. But I I repented of my dead works. And I'm not going to mention the kid I helped save from drowning because I did. I had never thought for an instant that that was going to get me any closer to heaven than I already was. I was a believer in Jesus Christ. I was going to heaven when I died, regardless of what I did. Just like nothing's going to help me get into heaven, nothing's going to keep me from going to heaven because I'm trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone. You know, when I jumped out of airplanes in the Army, I could have flapped my arms, but it wouldn't have helped. Okay, so I'm not going to help. I'm just going to take the ride. And, and, and I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to tell other people. I'm going to do exactly, well, more or less what Peter's doing here. I don't have the power of an apostle. I don't think we need it. We have God's Word now. They didn't have the New Testament when, when God gave them these miracles to do. But anyway, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name for the remission of sins. It doesn't say they all went down to the, the water and got water baptized. I got water baptized uh, about four years after I trusted the Lord. Uh, four or five years after I was just just graduating from West Point. It was the summer I graduated from West Point, and I was going in the Army. I was going to 101st Airborne Division, kind of the tip of the spear back before there was uh, all these other fancy um, black ops people. We were, we were the, the cutting edge. But uh, Peter, I, I said to Jack Weaver, I said, I'd like to get baptized. And uh, me and a, a, a guy, we'll call his name Tim, uh, were baptized in a, in a friend's pool. And, uh, and I've got my certificate on the wall here. It says when I was. And I was. It, it's just an outward sign of an inward condition. That's all it is. Baptism is just water baptism. All you do is get wet. It doesn't save you. It doesn't. It just, it's like ordination or any other thing where, you know, they lay hands on somebody and say, okay, this is going to be your pastor or whatever. It's just, it has to do with what's going on inside the person. And I wanted to be identified as a believer. And uh, anyway, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And yesterday I read the 10 different baptisms that there were. And um, the thief on the cross was only baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think what's in view here is baptism of the Holy Spirit. They just 
received the Holy Spirit in, at the beginning of chapter 2. We're in verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The cleansing that takes place, the removal of your sin as far as the east is from the west. That's Baptizo is just a Greek word. It talks about baptism of pots and pans. It, it, it's just a Greek word to wash. This could be translated, be washed every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It could be said that way just as well. Don't forget to baptize the pots and pans. Anyway, um, it, that's what the word means. So it's a transliteration of the Greek and uh, maybe they should have just translated it into wash. Anyway, um, I uh, tomorrow I'll 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 mention I'll look up the word the Greek. I don't want to pause and do it right now, but I'll look up the word baptizo in the Greek and and see what the definition is. I'm pretty sure it's wash, but you'll have to come back tomorrow to hear about that one for uh, episode 79, which will be Acts chapter four. All right, so now we're ready to leave. Acts chapter 2, and move on to Acts chapter 3, which is really the object of today's podcast. Um, I do make mistakes. Um, Yesterday I was kind of confused about, was he talking about David? I went back and looked at that, and when he's talking about David, a lot of people take it as messianic, and uh, I'm not talking about David's soul being in, in, in Abraham's bosom or Sheol. It's talking about Christ. And his Christ body not being um, seeing uh, uh, corruption. And uh, so I'll leave it at that. All right, so I'm just too lazy to do this over and over again. Trying to do one a day is just, you know, I'm going to pretty much take one take. And and I know as a teacher I got better by my fourth period class than I was my first period. So, But you're just going to have to take my first period class and that's going to have to be that. All right. So, but I do have a chance to come back and make corrections, and that's what I would do with my first period class. I would, by the time I taught my fourth period class in the book of James, I'd say, okay, this is what that means. So, teaching for me is the most intense time of learning. It's the most intense time of concentration. My mind is totally focused on what I'm saying and what I'm reading, and uh, and I develop questions in my mind, and uh, I, I try to share them with you, which is a little humiliating sometimes, but... But anyway, uh, that's how you learn. That's all scientific method is to come up with a question. Does this equal that? I don't know. Prove it. All right. So, and and what we use to prove it is the Word of God. All right. Acts chapter 3 is a great story. Uh, The the, uh, F.B. Meyer uh, outline that comes with my uh, E, lowercase e, hyphen, Capital S W O R D E Sword H D. I didn't say that yesterday. H D is free for my iPad, and it's just a great. It's an incredible uh, uh, resource. Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic uh, dictionaries, lexicons, uh, Greek, Hebrew uh, lexicons, and it's just uh, it's just really pretty cool. So, and, and I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg of the stuff you can do. Commentary. Uh, dictionary references, um, other resources you can add to this. I've got like four different other versions. I can put the Bible side by side. 
Anyway, I'm a King James guy. That's the way I was born and raised, really, in the Episcopal Church, and then later in the uh, when I trusted the Lord uh, in the churches I've gone to since then. All right, Acts chapter three, verse one. Now Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, it being the ninth hour, which the way the Hebrews kept time would be three o'clock in the afternoon. Zero hour would be sunrise. Nine hours later would, you know, six o'clock in the morning. Nine hours later would be three in the afternoon, if you're an analog person. Anyway, all right. Um, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. You know, the doctor brings a baby in and, and well, it's, you know, the legs aren't moving. That's probably a pretty good, not a good sign. But you count the toes and you count the fingers and and that kind of thing. So, but anyway... Lame from his mother's womb was carried, and they laid him daily. Daily they carried him. I don't know who they who carried him, but at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, which are uh, monetary gifts, gold and silver, uh, of them that entered into the temple. This man, verse 3, this man seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And the man gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I have none. I was just thinking about that as a minister, you know, as a guy that's retired and looking, you know, feeling like I'm working for the Lord, really. But uh, kind of cool. But this this is pretty much consuming, making these podcasts. But I'm good. Um, uh, silver and gold, I have not. I'm not in that boat. I have, you know, have, have a retirement and it's it's good. So I'm I'm fine. Um, but such as I have, I give thee, and, and these guys were good, <laughs> and uh, and they'll be good for, you know, for eternity in heaven, immortalized in, the, in their names being carved in the, the, the foundation of the New Jerusalem, which hasn't been built yet, won't come around until the end of the millennium, which would be, the rapture occurred today, would be a... Uh, a thousand six and a butt years, um, cut short a little bit. The the tribulation is <clears throat> silver and gold. I have none, but that which I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Peter's a young man. He's probably. <coughs> In his early twenties, maybe mid twenties, twenty-five at the most, I think, and and most commentaries have him much older than John. These were teenagers. Disciples were were, were teens, under twenty-one. If the temple tax was only paid for, and and used to, for for Peter and and Jesus. Anyway. Um, and his bones received strength. And the man leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. 
And all the people saw him walking and praising God. If, if you, where I live, there are, uh, I'm going to just use the word beggars. Um, that was my, the note here, the lame beggar healed. Um, but, but there are beggars that you, you kind of get to know a little bit. Um, they seem to move around quite a bit, but, but anyway, um, but to have one, this, this would guy would be, you know, I don't know how some commentaries have him very old, you know, old, old, wrinkled old, but, but, um, doesn't say, but anyway, everybody knew this guy that was lame from his mother's womb leaping up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people, verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. I think any of us would be amazed. Okay, now this is Peter's... Uh, I would call it second sermon. He he speaks in Solomon's portico because he has an opportunity. This is a sermon of opportunity because all these people came together. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, he's hanging on to them, I would assume thanking them, hugging them, uh, and the people ran together unto them in the porch called Solomon's, greatly wondering. The word went out. You know, when, when Moses lifted the serpent up on the wilderness, and three million people, the word went out. Hey, if you look at this serpent, on the, you'll be healed. And as, Mo, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so much the Son of Man be lifted up. So these people are coming. To, not to be healed themselves. Well, they, 8,000 of them are. Or is it 8,000? 5,000. 5,000 of them are. I added the 3,000 to, to the 5,000 today. At the end of this, 5,000 people come to Christ. And when Peter, okay, greatly wondering. They called Solomon's porch. They came together greatly wondering. Verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. I'm sure they were going, what did you do? Who did this? I mean, he's hanging, they're hang, hanging on to Peter and John, so probably Peter and John had something to do with this. Peter starts off the same way he started off yesterday, or chapter 2, I should say. I don't know how many days have gone by here. If I was a good Bible scholar, it doesn't say. Ask Luke when you get to heaven. He wrote Acts. Anyway, the historian, the, great, the, the beloved physician. Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Are you kidding me, Peter? Why marvel? This guy's been crippled his whole life. And now he can't stop jumping around. Why? That's a stupid question. Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you... Now, this is not a stupid question. I love this question. And why look you so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness... We had made this man to walk. You know, if he was a greedy man, he would 
he would set up a business, but he had no silver or gold. He didn't need silver or gold. God took care of him. Just like he's doing miracles, God, I, I think we should work. Paul worked. He made tents. He was unchargeable. He took nothing from the Thessalonians when he lived with them and wrote his first, uh, after 30 days, he wrote his first epistle to the first Thessalonians. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm <coughs> sorry. And um, so, anyway, I just love that second quote. Why do you look at us like we had anything to do with this? The God of Abraham, verse 13. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. The God of our fathers. That's glorified His Son, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was determined to let Him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Yesterday, just Luke called him a thief. Today, he calls him a murderer. But this is all given by the inspiration of God. So, I think, uh, anyway, a murderer to be granted unto you. I just can't resist saying I told you so. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, verse 15. Well, let me read 20. I, 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 I shouldn't have paused right there. But verse 14. Uh, verse 13, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered and denied him in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy and just, the Holy One and just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Peace. You denied. And desired a murderer. And killed the prince of life. Now before you get upset at them. He died for your sin and for mine. So we might as well. And whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. So we're all guilty. So don't go pointing fingers at anybody. If you were the only person alive uh, you know, and, and unchanged. You would have... You Christ would have had to die for you to go to heaven by yourself. So it's, uh, you'd have had to drove the nails in, whatever. I don't know. It's a dumb thing to say. But, but anyway, I'm telling you, don't, don't point it. Yeah. Peter's, Peter's full of grace, full of forgiveness here. And his name, uh, whereof, okay, and killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, the resurrection, which occurred uh, 50 days ago. This is Pentecost. Whereof we are witnesses. Now, he, was only, he, he doesn't say you were witnesses. He was seen of over 500 witnesses. But they were probably disciples, uh, uh, the 12 and then the 150, and where they got Matthias from, and uh, a few people like that. But wholesale, Jesus pretty much left, left it up to his disciples to talk about his resurrection, I would say. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. You know this guy. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The him there would be Jesus, which is by him 
faith in him hath given him the, the lame man, this perfect soundness and presence in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I mean, they saw this guy crippled when they went to work, and now they're coming out of the temple, running to the, well, they're inside the temple, probably, I don't what, the, the, the court of the Gentiles or something. Anyway, um, but they've, they've run together. And uh, he might as well have been healed in their presence because he is definitely looking like a, a guy that, that got, just got healed. Um, and now, brethren, I know this is, where, this is where the forgiveness comes in. 3.13, Peter says, now, brethren, I think he's talking about them as Jewish brothers. I don't think they're believers yet, but but I'm not sure when they believe. They do believe soon, or some of them do. Some of them don't, probably. I know that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Nothing but forgiveness for the Jews, for the high priest, Caiaphas, and Ennis, his father-in-law. Nothing but forgiveness. In ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things, verse 18, but those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, all the writers of the Bible, all 38 of them or 37 of them or however many there were. Uh, That's the Old Testament. Anyway, um, No, I said that. How many people wrote in the Old Testament? Um, okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I'll have to look that one up, too. I'm going to tell you how many writers of the Old Testament there were. All right. Um, <clears throat> but those which God... I know that you, through ignorance you did it, as did your rulers... But those things which God before hath showed by the mouth of all his prophets, the writers of the Old Testament, which is all they have at this point. They don't have a single gospel. They don't have any. They don't have Paul's letter to the Thessalonians or any of that. And these those letters don't come for really at the end of the apostolic age, at the end of these men's lives. So that's why I think they could do these miracles because it kind of backed up what they were saying. Now we have... God's great, I would say, divine word of God, because I think it's been divinely kept for us. Every jot and tittle of it is is perfectly been kept for us. And those things which God hath before showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ, that Messiah, should suffer, Jesus hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, that word again. Reconsider ye, therefore, and be converted, which means to turn. It means exactly what you think it means, to be converted, changed, if you will. A a transformer changes, uh, steps up or steps down voltage. It changes it, converts it. Uh, Repent, reconsider ye, therefore, about this guy you said was a liar uh, 50 days ago. Reconsider. And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, removed as far as the east is from the west. I told you before, if you're flying east, you'll never be flying west. 
But if you're flying north, pretty soon you're flying south as you go over the pole. Or as you go over the south pole, you start flying north again. But if you're flying east, you're always flying west. If you're flying west, you're never flying east. And they didn't have airplanes back then. But anyway, they were smart enough to know that the east and the west uh, do not meet at any rate. All right. So, um, so this is where I get lost. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Again, I think he's, he's jumping right over here to the second coming. He doesn't know when it's going to be. When I, when I say imminence, we, I'm talking about the Lord's, the rapture is imminent, and that starts the clock running on the Lord's return seven years later, a little less than seven years later. And uh, then, the, then the beginning of the judgment of the nations, the, the sheep and the goats, if you will, and entrance into the millennium by the sheep, believers in Jesus Christ, the goats, uh, hell, uh, thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And then at the end, we have a new heaven and new earth. And right before that, we have the great white throne where there's judgment for sin and people are separated from God. Well, they've been separated since they died, I guess. Well, they've never really been united with God. But anyway, um, not like those that believe and are uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you will, if, that, uh, that, that, that are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what's going on right here. The temple is losing its preeminence in the culture. And the next temple that will be built is built by the Antichrist, and I promise you that's the abomination of desolation for, for, for the Antichrist to be offering sacrifices in the temple is just called the abomination of desolation. I don't know too many things that sound worse than that. But uh, Israel, run for your lives if, at that point, the Bible says. Because the last three and a half years of the tribulation, it's going to be really uh, a bloody time. But it's all physical, and... Uh, and uh, they're absent body, present with the Lord. They're not, the 144,000 are not too happy in heaven. They're saying, God, when are you going to take, uh, you know, revenge on these people on the earth that slaughtered us? And uh, that occurs at the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah, at the end of the tribulation. All right, here we go. So, um, repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, and at the time of refreshing shall come. From the presence of the Lord. That could be the millennial kingdom of Christ's reign on the earth. And we have a very perfect world. And, and things might be restored. Blotting out. Time of refreshing. Uh, the lion. Uh, eats straw like an ox. And the wolf lays down with the lamb. And, and uh, it, it'll be an interesting time. The millennium. Um, I'll be happy to either be in a great cloud of witnesses. Or however that works. I don't really need to become flesh and bones again. But... Whatever the Lord has for me, I'm happy to do it. And he shall send Jesus, which before was preached unto you at the time of refreshing. It's called the second coming. Uh, again, just jumps right over the church age because that's the great mystery of the Old Testament. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution. That would be the millennium, I think. Of all things, some people say it's going to go back to, you know, like it was during the... Uh, 
the garden during the first 1500 years before the flood, the pre-flood earth. Um, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So it, it, The prophets love to talk about the second coming of Christ. They don't like to talk about the church age. That's what made the church age a mystery. Because I don't think it was a done deal until Jesus was, it wasn't a point of prophecy because uh, that would be telling, that would be too much information, I think, to know that there was going to be a church age. And, uh, but he could talk all the time about uh, the millennium and Christ's reign sitting on the throne of David and that kind of stuff. All right. Um, times of restitution, verse 21. Of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of his prophets since the world began. So he, the prophets have been talking about the second coming, the kingdom of uh, the Messiah for a long time. All the prophets. Um, Jesus on the road to Emmaus talked about, you know, revealed to the two uh, lesser disciples, if you will, not apostles, and said, uh, you know, and they said, didn't our heart burn in us when he told us about himself from the Old Testament? To hear, the, you're stuck with me. To hear Jesus teach the Bible? Oh my gosh, that would be something. But um, anyway, um, okay, um, for Moses, okay, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution, whom that Jesus Christ um, has received, and until all things, restitution of all things, which God has spoken of by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto you of your brethren. Man was 100% human. 100% Jewish uh, and 100% God. But like unto you, like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. You know, here they got Moses. You know, Peter's using Moses to say, listen to this, you know, this is the Messiah. It was prophesied that, that some of you, anyway, would believe this. And it came to pass, verse 23, and it came to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet. So there's, there it is right there. Oh, you're so negative. Well, I'm sorry, but people, some believe and some don't. Some of you will believe and some of you won't. Hear that prophet shall... You can only believe for yourself. That prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. No thank you. Verse 24. Yea... And all the prophets from Samuel, who begins the historical books, and those, he's the last judge, and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days, the, the time when Christ would walk on the earth, which he did for 30 years, and he's going to, I guess, going to do for another thousand when he comes to rule and reign during the millennium, which, if the rapture occurred tonight, would be seven years away. Verse uh, 6 and a butt. Uh, Acts, 35, Acts 3, verse 25. Two more verses to go. Are ye, the ch ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto 
to Abraham, and in thee, and in thy seed, shall all kindreds or families of the earth be blessed. I've told you that more than once. Are you going to be that member of your family tree that trusts Christ or not? Somebody is. You might as well join them. Um, You're the children of prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, In thy seed shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed. His seed would be the Messiah. And you say, well, Abraham was going to offer Isaac. It says in Hebrews that he thought Isaac was the Messiah, that God would raise him from the dead. If he killed him on Mount Moriah there, he would raise him from the dead. That's how much faith Abraham had. So, whoa. But that's a lot of faith. But, but that was Abraham. Father Abraham, kind of. And we're the children of Abraham by faith. Um, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And, and I wasn't asked, I believed, asked for my own salvation. And so was he, that, he, not believed, he believed that, that his son would, would be the Messiah. That's what he believed. He believed in the Messiah. Verse 26, 326. Unto you first God hath, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you people, and turning every one of you from his iniquities. And let me let me skip to verse 24. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 4. I'm going to steal my thunder from tomorrow. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men were about 5,000. So the people that heard this in the very next chapter um, were about 5,000. So, are you, you going to make it 5,001? You'd have to, you'd probably, uh, millions have trusted the Lord because of God's Word in the reading of Acts chapter 3. But, uh, all right, so I'm going to uh, say my little sign off here because I have to, engineeringly, I have to go in here and it requires a code. I could describe this to you, but I thought it would be slicker if I just said, Adios to God. Via Condios, go with God.